0: Welcome to Wednesday. It's Mike Opelka here on the Pure Opelka podcast. So many stories that I want to get to today. A couple of things that are really irritating me as well as making me just stare in disbelief. And I think you'll feel the same way. And there's a lot going on. Yeah, I I know that the Russia and Ukraine thing has many people's attention. But why are the people of Ukraine saying we're not worried about it? Why is the The prevailing attitude of the Ukrainian people, "Ah, it's just Russia. They're not going to invade. Is this being blown up to give Joe Biden an international win? Is this being made into something bigger than it is? I just wonder. I really wonder. Let's hope there's no invasion. Let's hope there's no war. Uh, But we shipped a bunch of military equipment to Ukraine which I believe Donald Trump actually promised a lot of this stuff a long time ago. So good. But what was Joe Biden doing yesterday? Oh, He was walking around shopping and getting some ice cream. If this thing is really as bad or as dangerous to the peace on the world as we are being told, why wouldn't he be in the Oval Office? Why wouldn't he have made this like John Kennedy and the missiles of October crisis? I'm just saying. The administration also dropped its vaccine or testing mandate for businesses yesterday. A good thing because the Supreme Court said it was invalid about three weeks ago. Way to catch on on that. Nancy Pelosi announced she's running for reelection. It was one of the creepiest videos I've seen in a long time. Very, very creepy. Nancy Pelosi looking creepy for three full minutes. And uh, the weirdest part was the smile. Nancy Pelosi doesn't have like a natural smile, at least I don't see that. And so when I'm watching this video and I did watch all three minutes of it, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable every time she flashes her teeth. And I'm thinking that reminds me of the time I was around those uh, orangutans that were being monitored in a California lab. And when they were aggressive, they'd flash their teeth. So while she's trying to sound nice, I think the natural instincts are coming out. But here's a little bit of it, in case you missed it. Here was the tone of the Pelosi Hello, announcement. Hello, Nancy. Yes, we know. Thank you for the opportunity to share some thoughts with you, our VIPs, our volunteers in politics, in our ongoing engagement for the people. Thank you for being a constant source of new, fresh ideas and political activism to help Democrats deliver. No, 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 thank you. The weirdest part of this is you would think that since this is a campaign announcement, she might be out among the voters. She was not. She's certainly not walking around her district in San Francisco because she'd have to be sidestepping the poop and the needles and the homeless people on the street. And I also think there might be some people who would be yelling at her. Just leaving that out there. But Nancy Pelosi's going to run again. At least that's what she's telling us now. And I, I for one, don't believe it because I don't see Nancy Pelosi sticking around in the House of Representatives if she's not the Speaker of the House. If she doesn't have the ultimate power, I don't think she's going to hang out. So if um, if the reality of a Republican takeover of the House of Representatives is solidified, I think she just might retire before the election. Just throwing that out there. Just letting that go out there. Uh, Kid Rock has released a new anti-Joe Biden, anti-Anthony Fauci song. And it's got a chorus that says, let's go, Brandon. Why didn't this get out sooner? Why wasn't this made sooner? I just wonder. I'm just just putting that out there, people. It is pretty funny. It is typical Kid Rock rock. And uh, it's called We the People. I can give you a little bit of it, but it also gets a... A little uh, F bomb action in there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Kid Rock, Let's Go, Brandon. We the people. I like that. We the people. That's the way this country was built on We the people. Well done, Kid Rock. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before I get to uh, some of the uh, other news, we have our buddy Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic stopping by today because it's Wellness Wednesday. I want to ask him about what's happening with COVID, especially with this new Omicron variant offshoot. So it's not a new variant. It's kind of a different version of Omicron. And this is something we should worry about. And he'll tell us. Plus, he's also got some other information about really good, good medical news. Really important medical news. He's so much different than how I perceive Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, a massive failure. But the left loves Dr. Fauci. I ran into this from the, uh, the good people over at Grabian.com. They clip news and put news together. It is remarkable how they, how they gather all of these wonderful clips and you should follow him, they're on Twitter. Tom Elliott is a genius. But here is their um, tribute, and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, tribute to Dr. Fauci. I don't think he would be approving of this.
1: The single most respected voice in the pandemic, it's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci.
0: You are uh, seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci. American hero and New York Yankee fan. You've
1: done so much for this country in terms of this crisis, so I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anthony Fauci? perfect person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci.
0: So all this butt kissing, that's how the mainstream media's left side introduced Fauci. And then when they thanked him after his segments, it got even creepier. And just more more worship into a guy who's not a hero. In my opinion, he's a villain, especially if you read the emails of how he sidestepped and tried to diminish anyone who would say that uh, COVID was not naturally occurring. If they pointed to the actual evidence that showed COVID looks like it's manufactured in a lab, maybe a lab he funded. These... Embarrassing thank yous and farewells were how these people ended their interviews. Dr. Anthony Fauci, appreciate your candor. Dr. Fauci appreciate the candor we appreciate your service to this country we
1: appreciate your service thank you for your service
0: thank you for your service greatly appreciate your service to america thank you for your 37 years of service i believe to seven presidents and thank you for your work over the past year the great news is you're sticking around in the biden administration we are so grateful to you dr fauci for everything you do thank you so much for everything you do thank you very much uh for everything that you do i have to stop it there it goes on for another minute all of this butt kissing of the guy who has misled, moved the goalpost and won't tell us the truth about how he tried to obfuscate the people who are saying, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're looking at this and it doesn't look like it's natural. This looks like it came from a lab. He tried to hide all of that. It will eventually come out. Eventually. And think of all the madness it triggered, all the extra spending, all the people we might have been able to save. And frankly, it gave China a gigantic leg up. By the way, China, China is making the rapid test that the government is mailing to us. Yeah, if you ordered uh, the rapid COVID test, the box of four, uh, check out where it was made. So our taxes that are paying for all of these free tests, again, air quotes with the fingers, they're not free. You and I are paying for them. Uh, the, um, the tests are made in China. Why, Joe Biden? Why? Really want to know. Just be glad we're not Canada or Australia where things are just really nuts. Canada and Australia, absolutely crazy stuff. Um, Canada, especially Yesterday, Canada announced that uh, if you go into a... I'm laughing at this because it's so stupid. If you go into a store and you're unvaccinated, you're going to have a health warden follow you around and only allow you to make purchases of food and medicine. You can't buy anything that's fun. I'm thinking, who's hiring all the health wardens? This was the announcement yesterday from a... A a Canadian official. Today, big box stores that have a footprint of 1,500 square meters uh, or more are going to have to ask people, customers, to show proof of vaccination. Now, pharmacies and grocery will be exempt from this. So if you're going into a Costco or a Walmart or something like that, where you might be going in uh, to buy groceries or visit the pharmacy, uh, in that case, an employee will have to be with that person as they walk through the store to make sure that they do not go uh, and buy other products or other items that might be in the store. now. Just insanity. It's just flat-out insanity. I salute South Carolina for proposing a law that makes it illegal to ask somebody if they're vaccinated. Kind of a no-vax, no-tell law, you know? Because doesn't that violate that whole HIPAA thing where you ask people anything about their health and that's illegal? I'm just putting that out there. While we're on the subject of health, our buddy uh, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic is here uh, each and every week. I get Dr. Roizen in here. Let's uh, let's get him here on the phone. Well, it's Wednesday, and that means Wellness Wednesday. Our time to spend talking with uh, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. He's my go-to on pretty much everything medical. And, um, Doc, you and I are getting ready to put two candles on the COVID cake and celebrate or at least mark the second anniversary of this pandemic. Um, What kind of cake should we have?
1: Well, you know, I think it's going to be a celebratory cake, Um, meaning you're going to be able to eat it and uh, live with it, and uh, hopefully it won't cause serious disease or long COVID. Um, that is, um, and we'll get we'll treat it like the flu. We'll we'll start to get uh, a shot a, a year or so, maybe, or maybe we'll get a longer term immunity. This is all. I mean, we're we're in new territory for this virus. We don't know what it's going to be like, um, but uh, there. the The good news is between the vaccines and boosters and now the treatments um, it looks like we're going to be not having the great hospitalizations and deaths people will be able to take their own choice in other words when we initially had this getting the vaccine and the booster was a not only protected you but helped protect society now enough people have been infected and, and vaccinated, that the vaccines and the masks are mainly to protect you, not to protect the rest of society, um, except if you have, in other words, the, if you have family members who are very vulnerable because of immunity problems or age, um, uh, if you will. But the it looks like uh, the vaccines are, and boosters will come with some regularity. The variants will still stay around and we'll end up treating it like a flu-like illness. Hopefully it will have less than the flu in that 10 to 60,000 deaths a year the flu causes. Hopefully it will be less than that with the treatments we have as well. Um, but it will be, we'll we'll learn to live with it now. And uh, so I would, I would make it a celebratory cake um, that uh, helps you stay thin.
0: I was going to say, I, this is why I love Dr. Royson. I gave him a, a setup question. It was a low hanging fruit question. You could have easily gone right to your cookbook the what to eat when cookbook and given me some kind of dessert recipe and plug the book but you didn't you gave us the science first and that's why i love you doc (laughs) you're all about the good science before you give out the plug on your book which people by the way uh wenway.com wenway.com is where you'll find the details on the book and the cookbook that's a companion and there is um there is a, a section on desserts in there so that's very good uh doc so much to get to this week in terms of the research that you sent me um this one the, at the top really caught my attention right out of the blocks because it's one of those things that um i guess it it always sounds like we should be um working our hearts a little bit harder to make them stronger because aren't they a muscle? But how is making your heart work harder, making it stronger?
1: Well, let me go and say, you know, that for the longest time until the early 1900s, it was assumed by most populations in most societies that you had so many beats of your heart in your life and then it would just give out and you'd be dead. Um, And so you wanted to not work it hard, if you will, um, because you didn't want all those beats, except um, we now know there are three things uh, that relate to your heart getting stronger as a muscle um, and as a gene-producing, that is, as a protein-producing thing, you turn on genes. the first thing, when you make your heart work harder, um, and and how many beats do you think you have in a day, just for sake of argument, Michael?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, if I'm averaging, like, 70 beats a minute throughout the day, that's so times 24. It's too much math for me right now. Doc, let's just say uh, two million. A hundred
1: thousand. Okay, that
0: 100,000 would be appropriate then.
1: And that's every day, 365 days a year for as long as you live. And what happens when you um, exercise it hard, it um, develops more mitochondria. It, like every other muscle, it gets more energy producing um, part, parts of it. The mitochondria produce the energy that allows it to, to, to function. It's actually, believe it or not, relaxation is the more energy-using component than contraction. Really? But it, 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 uh, the relaxation uses that energy, so it allows it uh, to better use the energy. So you get more mitochondria and more buffering, more antioxidants inside your mitochondria. You produce those, the three, catalase glutathione and SOD, which then means that you can work it harder with less worry about damaging your energy production inside, less worry about developing a problem long term. So that one benefit, you develop more energy production, which helps you. Two is you develop more blood supply to it and more ability of that blood supply to dilate So again, less chance of a heart attack or other problem and less chance of high blood pressure because it helps with the blood vessels in the rest of your body as well. And third, it decreases sympathetic tone. You adjust to it. So overall, you have a lower heart rate. People who are fit have a lower heart rate than people who are inactive. Um, So, if that old theory, if you only get so many beats in your life, is true, um, we don't believe it is, by the way, but if that were true, even those people would um, benefit from it by a slower heart rate in the majority of the day. The fourth thing is you turn on specific genes when you stress a muscle. And those genes produce other proteins. So, you turn on a gene that produces this protein called Arisen. Arisen gets across the blood brain barrier and increases brain derived neurotrophic growth factor, which is like miracle growth for your brain. Hmm. So, by your heart harder, you're not only helping your heart, but you're helping your brain resta- retain um, memory. Oh, that is
0: so much great information, uh, and I hope everybody latched onto that. By, by exercising, making your heart work a little bit more, uh, you're strengthening it, and it has benefits all across your health spectrum. But, Doc, uh, whenever I'm on the treadmill or the elliptical and it's monitoring my heart rate, there's always that line that says, um, you know, it's the top of what they're recommending. There's the normal training rate. And as as we age, that line in terms of beats per minute is now coming down. And uh, at what point can can you be healthier than the norm? And can you can you stay above that line? Or is that line kind of a a speed limit for all of us that we should be paying attention to?
1: Um, You can stay. In other words, what you're saying is, can you be. Let's say, seventy in calendar years, but fifty physiologically. yeah. And the answer is yes, that's the whole basis of what we did with real age, that is that you can be a lot older, calendar wise than your body is physiologically. And that's one of the one of the true benefits of uh, exercise is that it helps keep, you younger, longer. Now, that's a weird phrase, younger, longer, other than what we're saying is um, at, in, in this time in life, in 2020, you can be um, physiologically 40 when you're 60. That is, you can be about 20 years younger than your calendar age pretty easily. But by a decade from now, and that's what the Great Age Reboot is going to all be about, you can be uh, 40 at age 90, and it's not the 90 of today, it's the 40 of today. Mm. That is, you're going to be able to reboot yourself to have a lot more younger years. And that's one of the reasons you want to exercise and stay as young as possible now, because you want to take advantage of that when it occurs. So the point is, can you keep that line uh from going down. Well, the line will go down, but it can go down a lot slower.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. And get healthier now is the answer. That's the most important thing. I'm not going to dive into too much of the data on the um, CDC map that says we're too sedentary. I think we all agree. Um, A lot of us are, are sitting around too much. And that's why I have a standing alarm on my phone that says you have to Try and be standing at least twelve hours of the day, and it seems to have worked. But I want to get to um, nearly half of Americans have gained weight during the pandemic's first year, and that twenty percent of adults use medications that cause weight gain. Can we talk about those meds and are they necessary?
1: Um, the let Let's go. So let me go and do this in in the first order. So when this phone survey occurred it buttressed the national health and nutrition survey which is usually in person but has been more phone the last two years Um, and what they found was uh, that 48 percent of people admitted on the phone that they gained uh, more than a couple of pounds of weight and in fact if you look at the national health and nutrition survey which is a proportional survey of all people in the U.S., the average weight gain for all Americans over the age of 18 was 19 pounds from March of 20 to April of 21. Wow. That's 19 pounds on average, which means some people gained 60 pounds and some people lost 20 pounds, but on average, the total country, if you take 300 and whatever it is, 200 and 40 million adults or 260 million adults and multiply it by 20 pounds uh, we put on as a country um kind of the weight of uh the state of alabama i mean it's 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 unbelievable how much weight we gained during this wow this the second story is a interesting story because it said how much of that is due to or could any of this be due to medication usage chronically? That is, do we have a real problem with weight? We know we do. Um, That is 66% of Americans are either overweight or obese, 35% are obese. And when they looked at it, they said, how many Americans? And they looked at, again, from the Nihane study from 1999 to 2018. So they looked at um, 20 years worth of data, and in that 20 years worth of data, and specifically focusing on the, the most data 2017 to 18, they found that about 20% of adults were taking medications, including antidepressants, beta blockers, which are used for hypertension and, and heart failure, and diabetic medicines such as insulin. Which tend to make us hungrier and gain weight. Um, so those were the main classes. And to show you how it increased, um, the the uh, the number of people taking these increased substantially um, over that period. So um, this is it's a real problem. And how do you get around it? You, ask your, you can either go on Google when you get a new medicine and say, um, does this medication have a side effect of increasing hunger or increasing weight gain? Or you can ask your pharmacist or doctor about it.
0: Yeah, this is, um, this is one of those things. We were uh, too heavy at the start of the pandemic as a nation, and uh, it didn't help us to be locked down. And a lot of us, as you explained, gained a lot of weight. And that's not good. So that combined with this um, this potential that your medications could be making you hungrier as well. That's just why you need Doctor Royson's book, and you need to keep those chickpeas around the house because they're very low in calories. And if you're hungry, you just grab a handful of those, and you'll you'll fight off that uh, that hunger. Doc, is there um is there so roasted
1: chickpeas? Yes. is one of my favorite, is one of my favorite things too. So. Um, there is a recipe in the What to Eat When cookbook for roasted chickpeas, which is a great thing in that it's uh, incredibly healthy, as well as a great choice in snack.
0: Well, uh, I, want to, um, I want to touch on one more, because we're almost up against it here on time. Uh, number 11 on your research caught my attention. You don't have to smoke to get lung cancer. Uh, I, we, obviously, smoking is a big key or a big cause of lung cancer, but uh, I thought we had gotten our air cleaner. What's causing people who don't smoke to get lung cancer?
1: Well, it is radon gas, asbestos, some other lung-causing, lung cancer-causing substances in um, the uh, things that are burned, if you will, Um, and uh, burning in general does it, so vaping does it, the um, use of e-cigarettes does it, that is, um, having high temperature and inflammation does it, Um, and sometimes we don't know the cause. Um, 80% are due to either primary, um, if you will, smoking or secondhand smoke, And the great news on lung cancer is this is one of the cancers that both has decreased in uh, frequency as smoking has decreased. And secondly, we've got much better treatments for. So it used to be having lung cancer was a uh, death sentence. It's no longer in many cases. So there is hope for many lung cancer patients.
0: Well, that's great, because I, I, I still am stunned to this day by how quickly Peter Jennings passed away, the former anchorman at ABC News, when he got lung cancer and it just seemed to move so quickly. So any hope we can give to people who are facing that uh, I'm just thankful for that. His name is Dr. Michael Royzen. He is uh, a great follow on social media, lots of good stuff on Twitter with uh, Dr. Royzen And I often retweet your stuff because it's just excellent. And he's here with us almost every single week. Go to whenway.com, whenway.com to find out about the cookbook and the what to eat when book. And then uh, eventually that new book will get here and probably be September by then. But thank you, Doc. Let's talk next week.
1: Look forward to it. Thank you.
0: There he goes, and here I go. It's Michael Pelka wrapping up today's edition of the Puro Pelka Podcast. Tell your friends if you like it, and also go to puropelka.com every day and check out what we're putting down. We try to put a little new podcast up there each and every day. And follow me on Twitter, at StuntBrain, at StuntBrain, all one word. Till next time, testudo, my friends, testudo.